And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by our pals at Coors Light. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you see my guy to my left, Jesse Merrick from News 3 here in the desert. And Jesse, it is about that time. It is time to crack open some ice cold six packs previewing what you're going to see in just a few weeks when the Raiders return to work and kick off the 2023 NFL season at training camp. So over the next couple of weeks, you're stuck with me. We're going to go offense, defense, and special teams in that order, yep. although my heart would love to go special teams first. <laughs> I'm sure. But I will respect our process. I will respect our content calendar, and we will bring that, bring that up in the rear in just a few weeks. So we begin this week, Jesse, with six questions surrounding Diving in to your offense for the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders. All right. You are our guest, so I will give you, my friend, the first question. All right. So the the first one to me, and I think this is one of the more interesting ones. uh, Maybe some fans won't find it as interesting because it's the offensive line. But I I really dig that one. I think it's one of the, I guess you could say question marks. Sure. You know, heading into camp of whether or not we see the same group rolled out there. Uh, you know, just in terms of the the starters we saw last year, uh, we were going through that. That was obviously Colton Miller at left tackle. Uh, you know, we got Dylan Parham at left guard, Andre James at center, Alex Bars right guard, and Jermaine Illuminor at right tackle. Or does somebody else kind of work their way into the mix there? Obviously, Van Roten, you know, mm-hmm. was signed. Uh, we got Brandon Parker coming back as well. Uh, I think the staff is higher in him than most people think. And then uh, also Thayer Munford, Thayer, yeah. who was a rook, played some decent snaps as well. So I'm real curious to see what that side really more so the right side than anything else. I think that's where more of the competition is going to be. Yeah, and let's let's just level set real quick, where it felt like it took the Raiders a hot minute to find that starting five last year, right? Yeah. When you and I were doing the training camp podcast last year, and also, by the way, we're back. Shameless plug alert. Heck we're yeah, back. let's go. We are back. Um, <laughs> but when we were looking at that, or excuse me, when we started that project, one of the big questions that we had was the offensive line, right? We come into 2023 now with similar questions, I don't think as many questions, but it going back to kind of my original point, it took the Raiders a second to figure out who that five was, right? Yeah. They didn't have that five when we broke camp. They really didn't have that five when we got to week one. But by the time this offense really found its rhythm, and you look at November, December, and then ultimately the end of the season, they found their five. So the question is, are those the five that will go into 2023? Yeah. It's a great question. I, my heart says probably... With a question mark, I mean, really for me, I'm excited, and this isn't a shot at anyone who has played left tackle or will play left tackle, but to your, excuse me, right tackle, but when you look at, and you said it perfectly, when you look at what Thayer Munford did as a rookie, right, this is a guy who was a day three pick in the 2022 NFL draft, and in big moments for this offense last year, he was on the field. They had essentially a Thayer package, right? He was part of the big boy package. He got some run at right tackle otherwise. And and I wonder if this is the year that we see him kind of take that next step, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously this team, or excuse me, this staff likes him. They appreciate what he brings to the table. And is this year two now for him? Is this the year they say, hey, brother, 
you, we like what you did in 2022, but the role now gets bigger. And that's not to say that a Jermaine Illuminor, a Brandon Parker isn't going to be in the mix. It's more of Thayer, we're going to expand on what you did a year ago. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's got that like height, weight, measurable, he's the huge. length. Yeah, he's a monster. He looks Massive. like a prototypical right tackle. Yeah, he really does. And so like, I, he's got all those things, but they talk about it really being a developmental position. I think maybe he's still a year or two away. We'll see. But I, I could definitely see it happen. For the sake of argument, I'm going to say Jermaine Illuminor locks down that right yeah. tackle spot. Uh, you know, he comes in very driven. He, he's been saying, not, hasn't been afraid to say it on Twitter, that he thinks that he and Colton will be the best le- uh, tackle duo in the NFL. You know, so I love the fact that the guy is ready to roll. Um, his pro football focus numbers, again, you take those with a grain of salt, but they were really good the back half of the year in terms of pass blocking and things like that. And then obviously, too, for the argument of keeping the O-line, you know, the grouping essentially the same, Let's be honest, Like this offensive line helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing, helped him rack up 93 rushing first downs. I mean, that's pretty solid, so why not run it back? As they also said, continuity and consistency within that group helps a ton because really more than a lot of other position groups, you kind of need that familiarity with each other to go out there and play correctly. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the offensive line, five guys moving as one, yeah. right? And, and so really, like to your point, that continuity, that understanding of each other, that comfort with each other is huge. And we talked to Jermaine Illuminor a few weeks ago during the offseason program, and he essentially said just that. He goes, look, we're now coming into year two where the guys on this line know kind of the little things that player X like or, or player Y wise. He goes, you know, Alex Bars now understands that, hey, in this position, in this set, this is what I like. And I know the yeah. same for him. So continuity is huge. It's important. Um, I think that, like I said, we come into 2023 with some questions about the offensive line, but not as many as we did a year ago. And really, for me, a guy that I think is kind of flying under the radar that I'm excited to see take another step yeah. uh, is Andre James. I'm excited to see what 2023 looks like for Andre James because Andre very quietly went about his business last year. Emphasis on quietly, right? And so I think now he is a year older, a year more mature, right? And I and I just I have this gut feeling, and I I, I wish I could put some number behind it, or yeah. I could say, oh, I saw this or I saw that. But I just in my heart of hearts, I feel like this is a year where Andre takes another sizable step forward, and we see the best version of who he can be in 2023. I could definitely see that because like not only the continuity factor, but like this is also they're all, all of them. It's their second year in this yep. offense together with this team with this coaching staff, and you know there's a new quarterback and all that, obviously. But, like, just having that comfortability, and the thing that I keep going back to, too, like the continuity off the field mm-hmm. as well. We heard Max talk about the fact that uh, this this defensive line group, I think it was Max, uh, was saying that how much more they were hanging out, you know, in the continuity between that group. And just, like, doing stuff away from the field like, and how much, like, closer they are than he kind of felt like maybe they were last year. Um same thing with this offensive line. Another offseason, another year of being able to hang out and like learn about each other, which does translate to the field. It might be kind of corny and cheesy, but like those off-the-field friendships really do translate onto the field and go a long way, I think, as well. 100%. And it means something, right? It yeah. means, you know, when you're comfortable with the guys that you're going to work with and when you enjoy going to work with the folks that you do, it, it's a good thing. And you brought up the quarterback, so it's, I'll segue into our second yeah, question. First one for me, Jesse Merrick. What are you most excited about? with the new signal caller under center this year. And it's a big kind of open-ended question, yeah. and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo now going into his first season as the guy for the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, when you look at the whole package, on the field, off the field, what he's going to bring in terms of a leadership uh, you know, kind of uh, perspective with this whole thing, what about having a new signal caller under center excites you the most? Yeah, I mean, for me, when you look at specifically with Jimmy, this guy is a guy that's been very efficient in the red zone. And what's one of the main gripes from fans over the years? That the Raiders don't score enough touchdowns in the red zone. Too many field goals, all those things. So I think over the previous quarterback, this guy, when you just compare the stats, 
a much better red zone quarterback and has a, a better understanding coming right into the building of this offense. That's no knock on D.C. He was learning a new offense. Sure. Like it's hard to do, uh, you know, especially this one uh, of, of all offenses. And so Jimmy comes in, has a much better understanding of this, can kind of probably process things a little faster, but also is more efficient in the red zone. That's where I think we start to see well, I guess to answer your question, I'm more excited to see how this team operates in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And in turn, I think those touchdown numbers are going to go up. Yes. And listen, I w- I've been very honest. I love a nice 55-yard field goal. I yeah. love when the cash money man gets to go out there and do his thing and remind everyone he's the best kicker in the NFL. But we need more touchdowns, right? And Definitely. you said it perfectly. Look, over historically, over the past three, four, five years, if you were to ask the average fan, the average fan of the Las Vegas Raiders, what do you want to have happen on the offensive side of the football? What can I give to you, yeah. Raider Joe, to make you happier? They're all going to say the same thing. Touchdowns in the red zone. So I think you hit the nail on the head where you say, listen, Jimmy's going to bring an added level of comfort, an added level of understanding to the red zone. Mm-hmm. And really, I think for me, when I look at Jimmy in 2023, excuse me, 2023 and this offense kind of as a whole, when you zoom out, I'm just excited to see more comfort and more understanding yeah. in the system because you go back to those final two games from 2022, and yes, I know Jared Stidham is not Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not Jared Stidham, but you look at those two games kind of in a in a microscope, and there was a clear difference in how the offense was run and, you know, for the eye test, how it looked, Yeah. right? Those two games compared to the first, what was it, 13-14. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a guy coming in, in Jimmy, who understands the system, who has that that same kind of base level understanding that Jared, excuse me, base level understanding that Jared Stidham had. And man, those two games were a lot of fun to watch on the offensive side of the football. So I'm not saying that Jimmy's here to replicate that or, or put you know X, Y, and Z on paper, but I just think the understanding of what Josh McDaniels wants done, how he wants it done in really, really specific situations, that that gets me fired up going into the year. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a guy that's been in that quarterback room, that's been in meetings uh, with Josh McDaniels, knows exactly how he wants to do it. You know, I think, obviously, like you said, Jimmy's not uh, Der- uh, Stidham. I was about to mm-hmm. combine Derek and <laughs> Jared there. Uh, he's not Jared Stidham. And so he's not going to be out there kind of probably running as much. We won't see as much yeah. of that mobility factor. But uh, just the processing speed and going through things. And like you said, the play is called, okay, this is, I'm doing that. Uh, and I think that's kind of what Josh McDaniels probably wants out of his quarterback is a guy that's going to go in there and say, hey, here's the play call. Don't freelance too much. Just make the right decision. Uh, so I think that's where the processing thing comes in. And also, too, he kind of has a bit of a leg up because a lot of the main focal points in this offense now, again, like we said with the offensive line, are in year two under this system. And he's also got a guy like Devontae Adams as yeah. well that's going to be even more comfortable in this position as yeah, well. Yeah, it helps immensely when you have a guy like Devontae. Yeah. It helps immensely when you have a guy like Hunter Renfro who's so shifty and crafty, especially towards the goal line. So, yeah, a, a lot of exciting things in terms of this offense. And But, you know, we have a long way to go before week one. And so I think really for Jimmy, the entirety of, of this offense, camp and the preseason is going to be huge. It's going to be crucial. Uh, and I'll be really interested to see how Coach McDaniels kind of uh, tweaks and adjusts and make sure that those guys have enough time on task uh, going into week one. But, Jesse Merrick, you are back. Back up, question number three in the six-pack. What you got? All right, so there's been some changes on offense. You know, I think uh, one of the bigger ones you see at tight end, you know, kind of a retooled room completely. completely. Yeah, so I wonder in this one, and there's so much talk about, you know, the running back room, you know, there's going to be running back by committee. How's that going to be? I think for the tight end room, is it going to be by committee, or does a true number one actually emerge out of camp here? Ooh, another really, really good question. Yeah. I think, I mean, man, I guess philosophically, you got to start with, well, what does the staff want? Does the staff want to have the singular big dog, the Darren Waller 2.0 kind of guy who can yeah. do a little bit of everything, is a, is a beast in the, uh, in the receiving game? Or 
are they a little more comfortable with, you know, when we go back to, we look at the running backs a year ago where the vision of the running back room was, yeah, you have a guy who gets a majority of the rest, but it's really a complete complementary type room. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. I, I think asking, and I, I know we're all kind of dancing around the Michael Mayer of it all. Yeah. I think asking a rookie to come in and be your big dog, X amount of touchdowns, receiving threat in the red zone. I think it's just a lot to ask, especially in this system, right? We've heard from so many guys where it takes a minute to get comfortable, especially in the offensive side of the football with, with what Coach McDaniels wants. Yeah. So I'm going to say perhaps not by committee, but a partnership of tight ends because you look at this room, right? Austin Hooper, a guy who's had a lot of success in the league. O.J. Howard, a freak athlete. Michael Mayer coming in. Let's not forget Jesper Horstead is yeah. still in the mix. So I'm going to say... Maybe not by committee, but like I said, a a group collective effort from the tight ends in 2023. Maybe guys having uh, specific packages. Specific, yes. Yeah. I think. Per, I mean, we look at the Thayer Mumford package. Exactly. Right? I mean, if I can just, because I got to bring him up any chance I get, the Mariota yeah. package. I mean, you see guys <laughs> where NFL coaches are so good at putting their dudes in positions to succeed. Right? 100%. You look at the skill set and say, look. You know, this guy might not be the fastest guy on the road, but he's one hell of a block. I look at Lee Smith, right, mm-hmm. uh, to go way back into the years of yesterday for uh, for the Raiders. <laughs> but Lee Smith was not going to be your offensive weapon out wide, right? But he was one hell of a, of a blocker. And that is what he made a lot of money in the NFL doing. And there is nothing wrong with that. Like, you need to have guys like that. So I think to your point, yeah, finding out as we get through camp and the preseason, okay, Maybe Jesper Horstead is great at these seven things. Yeah. There's the Jesper package. Maybe Michael Mayer is awesome at these ten things. Here's his package. So I, I think it's going to be very similar to that. I could see them doing something like that because, you know, they talk so much about the offensive line being that developmental mm-hmm. position. Tight end is kind of like a mashup of every yeah. position but quarterback, really, on the offense, you know, uh, with what they're asked to do. So uh, I could definitely see that. Uh, I'm, I'm high on uh, Michael Mayer, and obviously yep. we'll dive into that a little bit later here. But, uh, you know, I, I think we see – Maybe not by committee. I'm kind of with you. Maybe it's more package specific because look at the investments that they made, you know, with bringing in some some vets, you know, in Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard, you know. You noted O.J. Howard, like freak athlete. Yeah. That's a guy that's you, you throw him out there and you can do similar things to Darren Waller, more in the sense that, like, they have a similar athleticism type. Nobody's Darren Waller. Like, he's one of the top tight ends in the league. Like, nobody's arguing against that. But O.J. Howard has uh, the similar speed, you know, uh, athleticism, ability to jump, go up and get the ball, things like that. Uh, you know, and we've seen that throughout his career, you know, in spurts. So I think that's maybe where we see him used a little bit more, maybe in that uh, kind of receiver role. Uh, and then also Austin Hooper, though, another big-bodied guy that will go across the middle and make a catch for you, but uh, also not a terrible blocker as well. And then Michael Mayer, who's kind of that more full package. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of how soon does he develop into that. Yeah, and, and I think what excites me the most about this room is as we get closer and closer to camp and we learn more about this room, on paper right now, I think the best part of this room is you have a fantastic balance of vets yeah. who've been in the league, who have found success in the league. Not just like vets who have been like popping around and oh, I was on this team for a year and like no, these are guys who have had a lot of success in the NFL yeah. surrounding Michael Mayer and and I think it's, you know, Jesper Horst that guys like that as well. But young guys and guys who are a little more mature, a little more vet in the NFL. So I think that when you look at this team, or excuse me, this group on paper, it's a perfect group in terms of that balance, and we know we're trying to we're trying to strike that balance all the time, not only on the roster, but in life as well. So I'm excited to see kind of what this group looks like and, and kind of how they grow and mature as we get through training camp in the preseason. But speaking of Michael Mayer. Oh, yeah. God, this fan base loves <laughs> Michael Mayer, and they should. They should. I am not here to put the brakes on the Michael Mayer hype train at all. I am not here to do that. But my fourth question of our offensive six-pack is realistically, 
what should we expect from this kid in 2023? Because to say that he is going to be the second coming of Gronk, he's the next Tony Gonzalez, like, look, he's got the pedigree. There's a reason the fan base is excited about him. There's a reason that people that know a lot more football than me and you are, are excited that this dude is going to be a member of the Raiders. But realistically, Jesse, what can we expect from this kid in 2023? Man, any of the staff listening to this is going to hate me. <clears throat> so sorry to Dave and company if you guys are listening. But you look at his draft profile, and the comp is Jason Witten. You know, <laughs> not to put all that proud Raider, kid, proud Raider, yeah, hey, Jason Witten, Raiders legend. You know, That's right. so I, I think you, you look at Michael Mayer and the skill set that he has, and there are pieces of Witten's game. I mean, and, but the kid comes in, you know, already having the blocking chops. He's a willing blocker, which is hard to get guys to do. We talk about it with running backs all the time of like, is the guy willing to block? And so many guys that are young, when they come in and are willing in the blocking game, that's when they get on the field and they start to actually play. I think that's what's going to help Michael Mayer get on the field faster and have more opportunities in the passing game as well because he is that willing blocker. I mean, big-bodied guy, not afraid to stick his nose in there, also athletic enough to go over the middle, make a catch. I mean, this kid, if you watch the game when they were out here in Vegas for the um, the Shamrock Series mm-hmm. against BYU, like he was lighting it up. I think he had three touchdowns in that game. If memory serves, too, we'll have our stats, uh, stats folks check this out. I'm pretty sure he had the, it was the most – uh, the most receiving yards in a college game at at, uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, the, the kid was everywhere. I just remember, and I knew a little bit about him before that game, but then watching it being up there, I was just like, holy crap, this kid is all over the place, and they're using him in so many different ways, and he's beating guys at different levels. You know, he's running by some guys, you know, catching deep, around, like deep, deep catches uh, for touchdowns. So he's a guy, like I said, I don't want to put the Jason Witten moniker yeah. on him because, look, that's a Hall of Famer right there. One you know? of the best to ever do it. Exactly. But this kid has all the tools and kind of seems like tailor-made for this offense. You also don't want to throw out the Grok comparison, but I just did. But, like, he, he's got that similar thick body style that lends to – you pair that with his ability. And, and I mean, it, it just seems like this guy was made for this offense, and I'm excited to see how they use him. Yeah, and, and I think, like, off the top, right, sky's the limit for Michael Mayer, yeah. right? Michael Mayer is going to be as good as, as he wants to be as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, and, and all that stuff. I think when we come into his rookie season – I think realistic expectations are this guy plays a majority of the reps yeah. as as your tight end, like he's your de facto starting tight end. Um, I think it's a little hard to at this point say like what the numbers are going to look like, yeah. or oh he's going to be like we said the second coming of, of Gronk, or he's going to be this, or he's going to be that. I think Michael Mayer is going to be a really good football player. Mm-hmm. I think that he is going to have an impact on this offense in 2023, whether that is blocking, like you said, a dude who's a beast at that already and is yeah. only going to get better now working with an NFL staff, or if that is in some of those kind of explosive, dynamic offensive wrinkles that Josh McDaniels, I'm sure, is licking his chops <laughs> knowing that he's got Michael Mayer at his disposal now. So I think kind of a cop-out answer, kind of a cliche answer, I think he is impactful yeah. in 2023. I think, like I said, he probably plays more offensive snaps than any other tight end on the roster, and I think you feel Michael Mayer's presence by the end of the year and when all is said and done and you look back at what he did as a rookie I think you say hey this was a great start this was a fantastic stepping stone to what he's going to be in 2024 and beyond I would agree 100% you know so many people forget about the comps in terms of specific guys that we talked about like so many people say this is one of those guys that has a high floor you know so uh, or is a can't miss guy he's a quote-unquote safe pick you know one of those guys is going to come in and be just a good NFL player for a long time and like that's legit. The guy doesn't have to be the next Jason Witten or the next Gronk. Like, if he's just a good, solid player, a good starter, impactful guy for your team, like, that's a massive win to get a guy like that in the second round, especially when you just got rid of one of the best tight ends in the league. Yeah, and I think, like I said, it's 
it'll be really interesting to kind of see, you know, we talk about storylines to follow within the season, right? I think that the version of Michael Mayer that we see week one against the Broncos is going to be very different than the Michael Mayer we see at the end of the season against the Denver Broncos. And really that goes for the entirety of the Raiders rookie class. But I'm excited to see with him in particular, kind of the maturation, the understanding of, hey, I got beat by this week one. It's not going to happen on week two. So I think that really having him have a chance, like I said, because I I do anticipate he's going to play a lot of football. So for him to get that time on task, for him to get those live reps, for him to to understand, like, yeah, okay, we're we're in the thick of it now, right? We are, you know, I'm looking around. Allegiant Stadium's going crazy. It's third and seven. Here comes Pass Rusher X, or here's here's what I got to do. Like, I'm excited to see what what that kind of looks like as we uh, as we go through the season. But Jesse Merrick, question right. five on the six pack. What you got? Well, look, you guys know I was a receiver, so yep. I got to throw at least one Give of those in there. Uh, and we know the top dogs in the receiving court: Devontae, Jacoby, and Renfro. Uh, in whatever order you want to put it, well, there I think we put Devontae one. Yeah, I think yeah. I, that's why I said after Devontae. <laughs> whatever order do you want with Jacoby and them. Um, But outside of that, who emerges as that fourth receiver? That's what I'm really curious about. Uh, There's obviously some interesting names in there. Trey Tucker is an intriguing guy. Keelan Cole, does he all of a sudden emerge? I mean, he had a real clutch touchdown catch in there against the Pats in the end zone. Um, Philip Dorsett signing the offseason with all kinds of moves. You think maybe he's fighting for a roster spot. Cam Sims, big, fast body type of guy. I'm just real curious to see who becomes that that fourth option. It may not be the sexiest thing yeah. in the world, but like that's going to play a key role for this team and may have one of those catches a la Keelan Cole that helps put a team in position to win at least one or two games. Yeah, I mean, at this point, right, you're just looking, when you're looking at that fourth receiver position, right, you're looking at, one, guys who can contribute on special teams, right, yeah. you have to be able to do that, but maybe guys who bring something a little bit different to the uh, to the field, you got a guy who can be multiple, a guy who, you know, like I said, if, if Jacoby Myers sprains an ankle, hey, can we split you in here for a half? Like, you yeah. need to be able to do a lot of things. Uh, I look at that, and I think the guy, to me, that I'm excited to take a gander at, and I think who could who could really fit nicely into that fourth receiver role is Philip Dorsett, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who's a veteran in the NFL, a decade plus in the National Football League, uh, or excuse me, just under a decade, just under a decade. Yeah. Uh, d- <laughs> call it a decade for the sake of round numbers in the NFL. The NFL crews are yes, short. Don't be exactly. Be, be I, my apologies, Philip Dorsett. <laughs> uh, but a guy who who brings something I think a little bit different in the sense that this dude can flat out run. Yeah, like, he can go, and and you know that's not a shot at at Hunter or Jacoby or even huh. Devontae, but like. He has something different in his toolbox, and that is elite speed. So I think that when you're building out a room, we talked about the tight ends and you know really building a complete group. Mm-hmm. I think that the fact that he does have that kind of special little wrinkle to him, I think Philip Dorsett is a, a really intriguing guy. Uh, we talked about Trey Tucker, uh, you know, real quick too, a guy who uh, the Raiders obviously think highly of. They drafted him for a reason, a guy who was productive in college. But I think at this point, if you were to say, hey. Give me your best your best guess. Yeah. Philip Dorsett's going to be my guy. I, c- I could see it because, again, you mentioned that just blazing fast yeah. speed, the straight line speed, you know, just go on yep. the vert go and get run. Him. Go beat the guy. We'll throw it up to you. Um, having said that, I think Cam Sims maybe emerges as that guy. Okay. Uh, but I also, too, don't want to take anything away from Trey Tucker because I think he's a guy that's yeah. going to have a role in this 100%. offense. Obviously probably on special teams as well early on. But uh, he's a guy that I think carves out a role for himself. But I'm real curious to see Cam Sims. He comes in at 6'5", 214. Like, you look through this re- uh, receiving core, outside of Devontae, there's not much size. That big body. Yeah. yeah. And so he, to me, screams a guy that could be kind of that red zone target to throw out there when you want to put him out there with maybe Hooper and Mayer or Hooper and OJ or, you know, another guy in there. And obviously, I'm leaving Devontae out because we all know he's going to be in there yeah. at that point. But, like, just another big-bodied guy that's got that size to him that can go up and get the ball. And also, too, like... 
I talk about the size with him. I don't want to take anything away from Jacoby Myers because this is a guy that has shown he can go up and get the ball. I mean, he. I think people are going to be surprised seeing how much he goes up and gets contested catches. Uh, but Cam Sims, to me, is a guy that I think could emerge, or at least that I'm very interested and curious to see throughout camp what kind of role he maybe carves out for himself or where he slots in in that top four, top five in that room. You know, and then the other thing, and you and I will talk about this on the training camp podcast as we uh, get a little further in the summer. How many receivers exactly. do the Raiders keep, right? Does yeah. someone, you know, does that fourth, fifth, sixth guy say, hey, do enough on paper? Say, you cannot let me go. Yeah. You simply cannot. And then Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels got to sit down and work the numbers and figure out, okay, how are we going to figure out a way to keep everyone? But yeah, I think that to your point, Sims, certainly we talk about Dorsett bringing something a little bit different. He brings something different as well. And, and a guy that uh, it'll be exciting to see, like we said, when we get to camp. And the best part of all of this, Jesse, is that when we get to camp, there's going to be someone that we're like, well, didn't account for him. <laughs> exactly. So throw out our 53 projections and let's just redo the whole thing. So, but yeah, I think Cam Sims a guy that certainly is worth keeping an eye on as we uh, as we report back to camp here in just a few weeks. But let's bring it home. Offensive six-pack question number 6. Do we see more of Zamir White in 2023? Ooh. And I am not here to say do we see Zamir White as a feature back? Do we see a Zamir White package? Do we see Zamir White X? Simply put, do we see more of him we see more in 2023? Because he was a guy in the preseason, and you and I remember the fan base, for very good reason, gets excited. Yeah. Hey, this guy's got something. This, you know, Zeus is, is bringing the thunder and the lightning and all that. <laughs> and then we fast forward to the end of the regular season, and he's got 17 carries for 70 yards, right? And that's not a shot at him no. by any stretch of the imagination. We have heard from everyone, including Josh McDaniels, including Dave Ziegler. Josh Jacobs was too good to take him off of the field last year. Too good. Yeah. It didn't matter what Samir did. Josh Jacobs was too good. Now, fast forward to 2023. Uh, we're six months down the line. Do we see more of him? I think we do. Uh, and again, that's no knock on Josh Jacobs. No. Like, the dude had 340 carries last that's year. That's a lot. Give the man a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was only second to, I believe, Derrick Henry, if I remember right. I think it was number two to him. Look, I, I think... The writing was on the wall initially, you know, the first year, all the running backs that they brought in and drafting Britton Brown as well and Zeus, all that stuff. Uh, so they wanted it to be running back by committee. Like you said, Josh just said, hey, no, hold my beer. I'm the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously when he gets signed and they figure this whole thing out, like he's going to still be that guy. Like he's going to be the number one. But I think you said 17 carries for Zeus. 17. Yeah, 17 for 70. Yeah, I think we see more than that uh, because the the maturation process of him having a full off season to train and whatnot. Obviously, he uh, had some injury issues early on in camp, if I remember yeah. right, that kind of sidelined him, maybe set him back a bit. Um, I think the skill set that that kid brings to the table, he's going to find his way onto the field more. You know, the interesting thing is going to be like, there's some guys in this room that are that are interesting athletes. Like. Where do they fit in, and, and how many carries do they get as well? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think we see him emerge more as like the legit number two in this offense as this season goes on. I mean, like I noted, man, 340 carries—that is a lot of wear and tear on your body, especially if you sign. We'll see what end, everything ends up looking like. But what that deal ends up being for Josh, like you don't want to put too much on him mm-hmm. uh, with that as well. You want to kind of preserve him, and that's where a guy like Zeus comes in handy. Yeah, and I mean, I know it's a small sample size from a year ago, but I mean, dude, averaging north of four yards a carry, yeah. right? And I understand. It's a small sample size. I'll be the first one to admit that. But hey, the like, stats are what the stats the, are. The numbers right? are the numbers, right? <laughs> and so I, I think to your point, yeah, I think we, you, we're going to see more of him. Yeah. What exactly that looks like remains to be seen. But if you were to say, hey, you're going to take over under 17 carries for Zamir White in 2023, 
I'm hitting that over hard. Heck yeah, I would hammer the over on yeah. that one for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, just, this is a stat that I just have to throw out because I know we're going to stop with the offense here pretty soon. But Josh Jacobs had 93 rushing first downs last year. The next closest one was 69. That's it's insane. That's that such a massive one. So hopefully Zeus can eat into some of those uh, rushing first downs. Yeah, and, and we were talking about it before we started rolling too. Like really, you know. The number that Josh had last year in terms of carry, that's a big number, right? Yeah. And I'm sure that if you were to ask, you know, put truth serum in, in the front office, that's a lot of carries, Heck right? Yeah. Like you want him to be a little south of that. So if you you want you want your big dog to be a little fresher, yeah. you know, when we get to November, December, January, and you want to give the young guy who has shown you, yes, in big bold letters, in a small sample size, the ability to be a productive NFL back. That, to me, just seems like such a perfect marriage. A perfect marriage for Zamir White getting a little more carries, for getting a little more action on this offense, contributing on special teams again, I would imagine. Yeah, but, definitely. yeah, I, I think that in a perfect world, the Josh Jacobs number comes down here and the Zamir White number comes up a little here. Are they 50-50? Likely not, nor no. should they be. But there's just a little, we're closing that gap just the tiniest a bit for everyone's collective health. Yeah, I would say we probably see more of a workload that's like around that like 70, 65-ish percent for Josh. Mm-hmm. And then, Everybody else kind of filters in and, and gets the rest of what's left over, you know. And you said what four yards a carry was four point one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, you said it's a small sample size, but the kid took advantage of the reps that 100%. he had, and that's all you can ask for out of a guy like that. Yeah. So to me, I think give him more opportunities. If he continues that that clip, of course he's going to be on the field more. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, it's uh, he's another dude that's going to be a really it's going to be really really fun to watch him in his second training camp. Yeah. Uh, and really see what kind of his role looks like during the preseason because that's where he really shone, like shined last year, shown whatever he yeah. where he showed out uh, <laughs> in the preseason. Like that's where the fan base got excited about him. That's where he kind of did his damage. That's where, you know, we saw him every day in camp, and you're like, yo, I think there's something here, but yeah. let's see it when the pads come on. They're doing it for real. Like, this dude's a real big dog football player. So year two for him, very, very excited to he's see He's got, got it. Like, and just one last thing on him. I mean, he's that guy, like, you stick your foot in the ground, and you and go he goes. north. Like, you yep. go north and south. Like, it, there's no, like, you know, he's, he's shifty and whatnot. But, like, you stick your foot in the ground, and you go, and you run through whoever's in front of you. And that's why it's exciting to watch that guy play. 100%. Well, Jesse Merrick, we have done our first six-pack of the offseason. Yes, sir. It feels good to be back in the mix. It's hot in Vegas again. We're yeah. getting our work in. Uh, 30 seconds of plugs, though. Where can the people find you? Man, I'm, I'm on vacation, so. There we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying some time off. But having said that, uh, Summer League gets rolling pretty soon here. So we're going to be diving into some of that. Uh, so obviously, catch me on Channel 3. Also on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Jesse Merrick News. Or at Jesse News 3 LV. Sorry, I forget the uh, handle sometimes. There's so many of them now these days. I know, I know. And I can tell Brian that you're, you're not sure what the handle yeah, is. Yeah, I know, gotta, right? We got to lock that one in. <laughs> got to get it in. We got to lock that in. Just like we're locking in. Uh, for the next couple weeks, like I said, we will do defense next week. We will wrap it up with special teams the week after that. But in the meantime, everyone enjoy a, a little bit of summer break. So for Eddie Pascal, my guy Jesse Merrick, Gray behind the glass, and everyone else that's over in Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you guys next week, same time, same place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app True Connect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of True Connect exclusively for Raider Nation.